What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 113. Good show for you today. We got some MLB news to start off. Possibly something that could affect the game in a positive manner. I know Ben and I have been negative on MLB last couple of months, more than like, well, actually more realistically the past season, but this could be a good thing. Uh, unfortunate NFL news. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. It sounds like somebody died. That's not the case, but it is an unfortunate story. Uh, some coaching changes, some new hires. Uh, this weekend's uh, results, we'll review that and look forward to next weekend's championship Sunday. Just a heads up. So you guys are aware. I know the audio is going to be a little bit wonky. Uh, it's going to sound a little bit different at times. I'll do the best I can to make it sound good. But uh, one of us is uh, without microphone today. I'm not going to. I'm not going to you know throw anybody under the bus. There's only two of us, and you guys can hear it. So you can you can do two two plus two equals four. Uh, yes. But accidents happen. People forget things all the time. So let's let's not make one of us feel bad about it. Um, no, I, I, I don't bring it up to shame, Ben. I just want people, people to know. If, if you hear it and it sounds weird, it's I don't want people to think, oh, they just don't care. It's not it. We just, you know, making the most out of what we have, doing the best we can. And we'd rather yeah. we'd rather do it like this, get you the show on time, than have it be late. So, and it realistically shouldn't sound that bad, honestly. First off, MLB News. Former Red Sox and Cubs GM Theo Epstein will join... Major League Baseball's front office as a special consultant to the commissioner for on-field issues. In the past, Ben, you especially have been very Mm -hmm. critical. I agree. I don't disagree with you, but you especially have been very critical of the on-field product. It's too slow. It's behind the times. This is realistically about the best thing they've done to try to alleviate this in 15 years. It it speaks to the the growing issue that the age group of of an average baseball fan continues to increase because they're not able to infuse that young generation. Because you just pointed out, it's a slow game. There, it's it's always been the game about anticipation. But if the anticipation is pitch the ball and then two three minutes later you might have another pitch and on the flip side at the plate, they're all about seeing all the pitches through three true outcomes, home run, strikeout or walk. It just makes the game longer and longer. But I think Theo also needs to recognize it's also about the fan engagements with the players and we talked about some of the best players in the league, Mookie Betts and Mike Trout, who are just – that's just not their attitude. That's just not how they are. And, and it's about promoting Fernando Tatis. It's about promoting Francisco Lenore, uh, Lindor, uh, Javier Baez, these energetic young players who you need to just get out in the public and, and kind of make them – Make them the face of the fran- uh, of the baseball, and don't just do advertisements on MLB Network. Branch it out. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, just just 
a lot of what you just because uh, you didn't hear about this before. No, I didn't. Uh, this was this was news to you when you saw it on the rundown. Just to try to address some of the things that you just discussed, uh, and I got this off of Fox Sports MLB Twitter. Uh, Theo Epstein quotes exact quote: "We need to find a way to get more action in the game, get the ball and play more often, allow players to show their athleticism some more, and give the fans more of what they want." So a lot of what you just said, he addressed in that one quote, and that's I believe that's just after uh, taking the job as a consultant for the commissioner. Look, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the old school ways of baseball are too entrenched. Even Theo can't do anything about it. But I'll tell you one thing. The guy ended the curse in Boston. The guy ended the curse in Chicago. Now, he wasn't on the field, but he put together the teams that did it. And and and, and quite honestly left those franchises in pretty good condition. Uh, I think ownership in, in Boston was the reason he left. Couldn't get along with them. And the team wasn't exactly the way he necessarily wanted it when they left, but that was not on Theo. I don't blame Theo for that. Always been a fan of Theo Epstein. Uh, if anybody is going to be able to make sure this game can get back where it needs to be, I'd put money on Theo Epstein. So and I'm I, very optimistic about this. And I agree with you 100%. This guy, this guy seems to be that effective leader in – orchestrating success within an organization. Now, now, before it was specifically to a, a one club. This is where he's going to have to build a team of people throughout the, the country, throughout the world, really, to see what people want, see what the youth wants in baseball, what will bring them into it. And I think that I want to highlight that point you brought up. Bring the athleticism back into baseball. Bring those diving catches, those those plays that you just ring true for years and years. I think back to the best the best play I can think of is Dave Roberts still in second base. And when you're talking to a Boston Red Sox fan, that's all you need to say. Oh, yeah. They know exactly what you're talking about. And I just think those are the kind of plays. I, I also think Jacoby Ellsbury stealing home on Andy Pettit. And I don't want – for some reason, that sticks in me too because it, it was a momentum play in just one game. And those are the kind of – those are the kind of moments you want – young fans to kind of grab hold of. And do you really see it with, you know, let's take four four balls and get our walk or, you know, crush a, a, a home run in the second inning, which by the way, the, the way the analytics have been going, agree or disagree has brought down the, the appeal of home runs. Yeah, I think analytics have brought down the appeal of a lot of things when it comes to baseball. I still say the opener or the the early inning guys that are there to pitch two thirds of an inning or an inning or two, yeah, absolutely destroyed. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm fine with progressing with the times and changing things. I don't know. To me, that's just, it, I don't know. It doesn't work for me, and it's not something I want to watch. So, 
it seems like they're stuck with some some things and they're progressing light years ahead with other things. And I just don't, they just, they just can't mesh it well together to make it an appealing product on the field. And that's, that's their problem. And if there's someone that's going to save it, it's probably Theo. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing what he can do. And um, I think he's going to make a good impact sooner rather than later. All right. A couple of, uh, couple of uh, roster moves, transactions. Uh, the Mets acquired Francisco Lindor last week. They agreed to arbitration with him, as if anybody is surprised by that. For a record, I believe it's a record, $22 million. If not if not a record, it's close. Uh, Red Sox and Rafael Devers actually went to arbitration because Red Sox management is terrible. Right. Uh, they $4.5 million for that arbitration for Mr. Devers. The White Sox signed a guy I was really hoping I'd see in a Red Sox uniform. Liam Hedricks, three years, $54 million. And the Yankees signed Corey Kluber to a one-year $11 million deal. Uh, these are not even the biggest name free agents out there. Well, you know, Devers and Lindor were in their arbitration, but there is still, still the 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 big fish of the uh, free agent season or hot stove, if you will, for baseball's off season. Trevor Bauer, defending NLSI Young winner, uh, he's still up for grabs. He's been tied to just about everyone <laughs> through his own his own trolling online, uh, which is which is fun to watch. He's he's always a good follow. And uh, George Springer, former Astros outfielder, uh, could be could be current. They may resign him. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look that way though. They figured they would have already done that if it was going to happen. But you never know. Uh, he's been tied a lot to the Blue Jays, and I believe I've heard the Mets with George Springer. Um, it's it's nice to see my favorite team doing absolutely nothing. They made a uh, trade, Chris. Yeah, they made a trade. It was like a backup third baseman for a fourth string outfielder. That's fun. Uh, but we're going to stay positive today. So I'm not going to get into the Red Sox and their complete lack of, well, I don't know, free agent impotency. Uh, accurately put, Chris. Yeah, politely. I mean, <laughs> adults out there will get what I mean and the kids won't know any wiser. So, right. Uh, anything before we move on to football? Uh, I'm just waiting with bated breath when the warm stove season actually starts to hit the hot stove. And, it is the middle of January. Pitchers and catchers are what? Three weeks, four weeks away? I mean, if everything stays on schedule, they are, but who knows? Right. Uh, They've already talked uh, about pushing it back anyway, so. Right, but as far for the course for MLB, your big free agents are still not signed, whether it's their decision or the, or the club's decisions. And this is the difference between all the other sports or I'll, I'll, let me pare it down. This is the difference between the NBA, NFL, free agency, and MLB. There's action. There's three layers of NFL free agency. There's multiple layers on the NBA free agency. And it's cold season, cold, se- cold stove season to warm stove season to let's start with pitchers and catchers. It's just... It, it's just, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, Chris. It's just sad. I remember when MLB like the, the 
the, the first people to sign were the big name guys. Right. But the first, the, the big name guys, the biggest of the big ones would set the market that everything else would kind of trickle down from there. And now it's, it's just completely different. It, it's again, it's the way baseball set up. It's just not, ho- hopefully, hopefully Theo can get in there and rectify some of this because it is not as exciting as it used to be by far. And it can be better. And I think Theo can change it. If he can't, it ain't going to happen. I'll put it that way. Yeah. All right. On the football news, that unfortunate story I was talking about, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. This is this is unfortunate. This sucks. Uh, former, former Brown, former Patriot, current, for the time being, Seahawk, was indefinitely suspended by the league once again for failure to satisfy his conditional reinstatement terms. Uh, didn't say exactly what it is. He's been suspended. Uh, this is sixth time now in nine seasons. He missed the entire 2015 and 2016 season. Uh, it looked like he wouldn't play again after that. He did come back for Cleveland briefly. Uh, and that was traded to the Patriots. People thought that'd be a new start. Kind of. I believe he had a couple of, you know, he had showed some flashes. And then was suspended again. Came back, they reinstated him that offseason, and it looked like he was going to be an integral part of the Patriots' offense with Brady and everything. That never panned out the way it could have. Uh, he was then, I believe he was just released, or claimed off waivers by Seattle. I'm not sure, but he ended up with the Seahawks, which he was with briefly and then suspended. And then he was able to uh, be reinstated before, I believe it was right before the playoff game. Yeah. He was reinstated before the Seattle's game against the Rams. He actually would have been eligible to play in that game, but very shortly, I believe he was only within a matter of days, after being reinstated, he, like I said, did not meet his conditional reinstatement terms and was once again suspended. Um, look, again, like he has problems, and, and I'm sorry for that, and I've been very easy on him in the past. He can never come back. This has to be it. No more chances, Josh. Get your life together off the field. You're done, dude. I, I spoke my piece on this. I said this, I don't know which, after which one, the second one with the Patriots, the first one with the Seahawks. Stop trying to play football. Be a part of football, but not on the field. Get your life correct. Get in some programs. Go back to Cleveland if need be. Be a part of the organization in a positive way. Be a part of NFL in a positive way. But don't put, don't, and, and NFL, don't give him a role that is important right away. Give him a role where he can feel important and learn it, but also be able to squash his demons. And I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but it's just, no. I said my I said my piece on on Josh Gordon on many occasions. Look, I wish nothing bad on the guy. By all accounts, he's a really nice guy who just has a problem, and I, I feel bad for that. Uh, but I mean, you know how many people out there who have issues, given the level of help he's getting, given the level of counseling he's getting, given the opportunities he's had, would make the most of it, even in the worst situation. This guy continues to blow it, continues to blow it, and look. It's been, uh, we discussed it when we really, we went into it. We deep dived into what deep dived. That was great English, huh? <laughs> we dove deep into it last year 
uh, during last season. And this is a guy that has been, it's been substance abuse policy. I know in the past he's had some alcohol problems. I don't know if it's any drugs added to that. Um, but look, you can't, you can't have a guy who continues to, he was back for two days. He was back for two days and he violated the policy again. And for everybody saying, you don't know what he did. Well, guess what? If he, you know, if he doesn't fail a drug test or he doesn't fail any kind of test that he would have to take to come back for whatever reason he was suspended for, then he wouldn't have uh, failed to satisfy his conditional reinstatement terms. Right. That's what that means. Now, it is possible he had a drug test set up and he didn't go, whatever the reasoning is, but then you're still the, the lack of responsibility there. And that's on him. That's on him 100%. And as for the league giving him a chance, if I were the league, I'd stay as far away from this guy as I could. You gave him a chance, and you gave him a chance again, and you gave him a chance again. How many times has Roger Goodell shown passion when he can drop the hammer? Never. He always drops the freaking hammer. And time and time again, he took pity on this guy, and he gave him another chance. And this guy's continued to let him down. I wish nothing bad on Josh Gordon. I hope whatever it is that's making him do the things he's doing, he figures it out and lives a long, happy life. He's just lost his privilege to play in this game. That's it. Don't play in it. Don't coach in it. Stay away from it for your good and the good of the game. Sorry, dude. That, that's that's my that's where I stand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything. I'll echo everything you just said. It's, it's just sad to see the talent wasted. Oh, absolutely. And it's crazy how much opportunity he's gotten i i just i don't know what else to just to say about josh gordon except fix fix josh gordon before you do anything else fix josh gordon because if you can't then you can't be a productive member of any organization much less the nfl and when i mean organization i mean any small business a large company, Fortune 500. You can't be a productive member of anything if you can't fix Josh Gordon first. So that's what he needs to do. And hopefully he has a support system in some way that could help him, but it doesn't seem like that's um, that's around him either. So I, I, I don't know. I hope for the best, but... Yeah, I wish I wish him well, but I can't, you know, it's... Next time I see him reinstated, I'm just going to roll my eyes because you know, you, until he proves otherwise, you, you just know how it's going to end. Yeah. So, all right. From knowing how that'll end to some new beginnings. Terrible segue, but it's all I had at the time. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, five new head coaches in the National Football League. The Falcons hired a Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. The Lions have uh, apparently agreed in principle, uh, but not actually signed the contract yet for uh, Saints assistant head coach Dan Campbell. But he's all, all signs point to him being the Lions' next head coach. The Chargers hire Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. And these are the two we're going to get into a little bit more here. The New York Jets have hired. San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala to be the new head coach. 
If you're Robert Sala, why is this the job you took? Could have had any of them. Could have had any of them. I'm not sure what. Yeah, because I think his name was literally on all of them. Uh-huh. Him, and, him and Eric Bieniemy are literally, I think, on every either planned a interview or completed an interview for every team. I don't know what he's thinking because they literally have gutted that defense unless this is what is out there for him. This is his opportunity he wanted to grab as soon as possible. You have that with some uh, first-time head coaches where they'll just take the first job they can get. I don't hate it, but I also don't love it. It's not supremely the best scenario for him to succeed. He's got two teams that are trending on the way up. And then you have New England Patriots still sitting there. Who knows what direction they'll go in? It doesn't seem like the Jets are in a good path for Robert Sala to succeed. And then you have Sam Donald, which is a mystery onto itself. I think I can I can put some logic into it here. Sure. Um, the Jets, I believe, were because the Jaguars were well. Let's let's get right. Let's get to the Jaguars first. The Jaguars hired former Ohio State your your least favorite place in the world, Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer to a massive contract. We'll get into him in a second. Um, no, we will. Oh, no, we, we will. I know. That's why I wanted to get I wanted to get to that. Just make that statement. Get them all up so I didn't forget to say it. Um. And but with Robert Sala, I think if he was going to start over fresh, he wanted an entirely new scene, entirely new scene. So, yeah, they have Deshaun Watson in Houston, but we're going to get into that also for how much longer? Uh, maybe maybe his whole contract. Who knows? So and that was kind of rearing its ugly head when Sala was kind of doing the rounds. Um, you have the the Chargers. We're in LA, but it's a different team, obviously, but it's still so close to where he was. So if you're Robert Sala, you say, okay, I want to make my mark in an entirely new situation and a situation I can actually build the team I want myself in a place I have not been before. I've been, you know, the, the California Sun. He's been coaching out there, the 4 o'clock West Coast games. And this is a completely different feel. This is AFC East. This is New York, which probably had a, an appeal also. Big city. You know, Jets have not been a great team in a long time. But still, they are under the spotlight. Robert Sala is in the big time now. And he has pretty decent offensive line. Caprum. Second overall pick, another first round pick for trading Jamal Adams. They have two first round picks next year. This guy's saying, okay, I have Capram, I have some talent in place, and I have the draft picks to build around whatever we bring in in free agency. Uh, I can see the appeal. I know we say, ha, LOL, Jets. I get that. We've said that plenty as Patriots fans. But. As a football fan, I can understand if he just wants an entirely new, just an entirely new setup, an entirely new surroundings, 
the complete opposite of what he had in San Francisco. This is the one to take. If this team succeeds, it's because Robert Sala built it to what it can become. And somebody like Robert Sala is going to want that challenge. Uh, very, very well put, Chris. Uh, you almost sold me on the Jets. <laughs> with you. I just don't. It's not looking good early. Um, I would say if you give them enough um, time, the appropriate amount of time for a young head coach to kind of build his team, then it might work. But if there was, if, if, I think it's um, one of the Johnson brothers running the team. So if they're looking for a two year turnaround, no, no, it's not going to happen. You'll see progress this year, but nothing that's going to be like playoff contention. You'll see, you'll see a better performance on defense. You'll see whatever talent they have left on defense will play up better. They still have Quinn and Williams, I think, is about the only talented first-rounder they have left because they just drafted him. But it's all about what you do with Sam Darnold. And I think I told you this. Who, If they hire a defensive coordinator, the, the odds of Sam Darnold staying increase because Robert's just going to want to build that defense. He's going to... He's going to tell Sam Donald in the offensive coordinator, just don't turn the ball over, be a game manager. We're going to win it on defense for now and then let him develop. And I think that's what's going to happen with this. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if he, if he could turn that MASH unit that was the San Francisco 49ers defense into a competent defense this year. They have a lot of great players, but they had a rash of injuries. Multiple first-round picks went down to injuries. And he still had that. The team itself didn't have a great record, but they were competitive. And they were in a lot more games than they should have been because of that defense. And that was his defense. So if you're a Jets fan, I know I know some Jets fans. Uh, I haven't heard from all of them on how they feel about this. But I'll tell you what, I know some are very, very negative. They, they, we, don't, we don't need a new guy. We need somebody who can come in and, and, and who has experience. Well, that's what Adam Gase had. That's not always good. Not always good. A guy like Robert Sala is a guy who players are going to respect. He knows the game. He knows the, the, the situations. He is going to be good for your team. If you're a Jets fan, you should feel very, very optimistic. Yeah, and and I think, I think what the fan, Jets fans need to realize is you need a restart. Adam Gase, toxic, toxicity just seeped onto both sides of the ball. Yes. Into the coaching staff to the point where Jamal Adams is currently playing for another team. Where Le'Veon Bell is currently in the AFC Championship game. Who was supposed to be your bell cow running back? Well, they'll have another one. They'll have another one going into next year. But that's different. That's for a prediction show, though. Yeah. And I think think the real fix would be Two th- one of two things. The, the Johnson family just giving the reins of the football operations to football people, and we're just going to run business. They can run a business. It's just they can't run a football team. Right. Or top to bottom, 
All right, top to bottom, as far as the ownership, just sells the team to a person who's going to let football people do what football people do, because that's where the success is. Is GMs, presidents, head coaches, football people running the football part of the organization. And that's where you get the problems, not just in football, baseball, basketball. These these people who run the business side try to seep themselves into the these sports on the field side, and that's where you start to see issues. Yes, looking at you, Dallas. Oh, yeah. Jerry Jones is the uh, Lord Commander of <laughs> – putting your nose where it doesn't belong when it comes to football operations. So, all right, Urban Meyer, I'm just going to let you go and I'll rein you in if you need to. Let me, let me, let me, let me get me. Okay. I understand the path they're trying to take with this. Cause they really, they cause see, I don't, I don't. Well, so all right, let me, let me, let me break it to you. I think they're looking at the Panthers and seeing, Ooh, Matt rule. Gave, they gave him a six-year contract worth however much money it is. Gave him full power. They got rid of the GM this offseason, uh, this this season, so now he has he is the guy. And I think, oh, that's going to work. Plus, Urban Meyer has coached in multiple places, and has has done tremendous success in the college game. That's where it ends, Chris. Urban Myers is a a recruiter. You've seen if you've seen his teams at Florida and you've seen his teams at Ohio State, he can recruit. He can bring the best players in to his organization and coach them and have his coaches coach them up. I don't think this is going to work in the NFL because you can recruit all you want. What do NFL players worry about the most? I'll let you answer. Um, this is not going to make for good. Yeah, okay, there we go. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know where we're going. We didn't talk about this before, and I don't know where you're going. Sorry. They worry most about money. And I understand you can make a little joke about the NCAA and money and all that. But as far as contracts, guaranteed money, that's what it's all about in the NFL. Recruiting only gets you so far until the owner looks at that, that check that the player wants and be like, eh, I'm not really feeling that. And Urban might get limited on what players he can bring in and what system he wants to install and all that. I don't think, I don't, this is going to be a Nick Saban kind of, kind of situation where it's going to peter out very quickly. And I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer cut out midseason because I think Saban did that in his second season at uh, Miami. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. This does not succeed very often. You, you, you used the Matt Rule example going to Carolina last year. They had the same record last year they had the year before, and they spent money on free agents. You know, the team did look better and more competent overall, but. Um, I mean, like you said, he he's more of a recruiter than a great coach. He can bring in great talent, um, and you know, if you bring in great talent and you're playing Division two schools, <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's like okay, it kind of it kind of the game plan kind of runs itself. 
Not taking anything away from him because, I mean, they won some national titles. He had some undefeated seasons. Like, he right, obviously right. knows what he's doing. But he knows what he's doing on a college level. It's a totally different game. I just – I don't think a team like this, it's going to work. Jaguars' ownership has already shown, even if they do build up anything good, they're just going to tear it down and trade it away for spare parts again. That's what they did. They were, this is a team that has the first overall pick. They were 1-15, in 15, and they only won on opening day. Uh, opening day, the opening weekend. Yeah. And that was barely. And he's not going there if they don't have the first overall pick. That's just it. So he's going to go there. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Right. Oh, he's saying they don't know. Trust me, they know. Oh, they know. They know. And I mean, it's almost, I mean, I, I get he has to say that, but it's almost like, just say no comment. Don't play the coy stuff. It's nonsense. Look, like I said, this, you know, you have somebody who doesn't have any experience as an NFL head coach. You have a, a young, young team. That's going to need a lot of a lot of help to develop, and I, I just I don't think this is the guy to do it. I think if you were, I know I kept saying his name. I thought he would have been perfect for the Jets. They didn't hire him. Bringing a guy like Anthony Lynn, bringing a guy like Anthony Lynn would have been perfect. Anthony Lynn's going to be sitting at home without a job. As a maybe he'll get a coordinator job, but this is a guy that did wonders for the the Chargers. Yeah. A Chargers team that was only 5-11, and 11, but lost a lot of those games by a close score. And as we talked about, when he had his, his players not injured on the field, he was a legit team. Uh, what was it, two years ago, I think it was. Yeah, yep. Double-digit win team, and success, success will follow Anthony Lynn at some point. Um. I just can't be on board with Urban Meyer. I would take, honestly, Chris, I would take Ryan Day, who came after Urban Meyer's at Ohio State, because Ryan Day is not the recruiter that Urban Meyer is, but he's been able to get more out of that talent, which tells me an ability to coach up the players. And even though you can say, well, Ohio State's pumping out first-round talent, yeah, but... They had, to, they had to take a transfer, Justin Fields, from Georgia to be their starting quarterback the past two seasons. That's a recruiting problem if you right. don't have the talent there. I just say it seems like he has an ability to coach, which is what I look for in a head coach to move from college to pros because it works. It just – the mentality has to be right. And I just don't think Urban Meyer is going to work. It's like Nick Saban. He's a recruiter. That's what he is. He builds a great defense, but he has coaches to coach him up. He always has a, a talented offensive coordinator. So what does he do? He recruits. That doesn't work in the NFL. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't see this marriage of such a young, inexperienced team. All the influx of new picks they're going to have. They have a bunch of cap space. If you're a player and you're looking to win, is that really the place you're going to go? I doubt it. Uh, so they're going to have a bunch of cap space to spend. First overall pick. I mean, it's got to be Trevor Lawrence. If it's not, it's going to, it's going to be. It, it's I, going I, you know, yeah. You know what? I'm not even going to say if it's not. It's going to be, and that's it. Um, there's just there's no way they don't take him first. Uh, and if they don't. Every Jets fan in the world is going to be like, see, <laughs> it didn't hurt winning two games. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and and quite honestly, the mediocre day would be right. So let's move on to Deshaun Watson. And moving on to something Deshaun Watson might be doing pretty soon. Uh, when I first heard the story of Deshaun Watson being upset about the uh, the ownership bringing in Nick Casario to be the new GM, right? I jumped the gun in my head, not out loud, and I thought, here's another spoiled athlete, didn't get what they wanted, and they're going to throw a fit. Well, I apologize to Mr. Watson because apparently it was agreed upon when he signed his contract extension last season with, uh, you know, shore favorite and front office personnel extraordinaire Bill O'Brien that he would be part of these decisions with the team. The new coach, the new the new GM, key roles with the team. He wouldn't have final say, obviously. He's not the owner, but he would be consulted. And apparently, the team not only didn't interview anybody he wanted, but they didn't even consult him before they hired Casario. And he has made it very clear he's not happy with that. He's not dealing with that. And he hasn't formally asked for a trade, but it seems like it's coming any day now. It seems like from all reports, he's he initially was pushing for a trade, but he's backed off of it so a trade can happen is what I'm, I'm I, I've heard a lot of different things from a lot of different places. It just seems like he wants out and the initial push for him to want one out kind of doesn't put Houston in a position to really trade him for equal parts. I can understand that. Where the screw up happened was not telling him that he could be a part of the search for GM and head coach. I don't have an issue with star quarterback having some input and saying, Hey, this is where I think the offense can go. These are the kind of coaches I'm looking at. Um, And just having an input. That wasn't the problem. The problem was saying it and then not honoring your word, right? Actually giving them a voice in it. Cause I had the same thought as you is like, who is the Sean Watson to say he has, you know, should have the, the say in who the head coach or the GM, I'm like GM. Why would he have a say in the GM? Like almost no head coaches have says in or no uh, quarterbacks have says in GMs. They're just, they're just there to build the team. You really directly involved uh, directly have a line to the head coach and the OC, but if the owner wants to put it out there, Right. He needs to own up to his own words. Yep. And it's just wow. How how one year has changed so much for one organization. Oh, dude. It you know, we, we always wondered how Bill O'Brien could have the lackluster resume he had and then still be promoted to be the GM of the team on top of head coach. Well, after seeing how ownership handles things, it's no wonder that's the case. Right. It's no wonder that's the case. That's just par for the course. And, and now you have Jack Easterby, who is essentially the guy who hired Nick Casario, both having links to the New England Patriots, which is why he got hired. 
And from all reports, Jack used to be is not exactly a nice person. It, I've I have it directly seen. I've heard it from different places that he's not the nicest person in the world. And quite honestly, he hasn't shown a lot since he's taken over this team to prove otherwise. He's alienating his his star quarterback, and I don't what, know. What, what, what does he do? He so he got he was the character character coach at the New England Patriots character coach. I think that was his title, and then he got hired as some weird position underneath um, the between the GM and the head coach. And then he held that position when Bill O'Brien got elevated to, you know, GM head coach. And then when the <laughs> owner wiped out, when the owner wiped out everybody, he left this guy sitting there because he has ties to New England. And well, some people still think, well, if you have ties to New England, then you must know what you're doing. But your problem is, everyone, listen up. If you don't have Bill Belichick, you don't have the true solution to your problem. No, no. Have, haven't you heard the new narrative? What's that? Is that Brady's proving Belichick was never the answer. Uh, yeah, when, when, mean, when the first, no, no, no. The first eight weeks of the year, it was Belichick's proving Brady wasn't as good. Right. But now the wind shifted and it's a different narrative because it'll get clicks. So. Oh, trust me. I've heard that the past two days on sports radio and I'm just, you know, he won the wild card round and he won the divisional round. That's about all he's done so far. But back to the Texans. Wait, you <laughs> you need to just make the move. Trade him because you're not going to be able to move on. Until yeah, you, you, you mess this up. Trade him. Get get your haul of draft picks for him. I just want to say in my head, what, what's his name? Jack, Jack Ellerby, you said? <laughs> Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby. Something B. In my head, when you said he's he's the he's the uh, assistant for in between the head coach yeah. and the GM, I just picture him sitting at a table with Bill O'Brien, and Bill O'Brien has two chairs and he's playing checkers with himself, and Jack's like playing mediator between head coach Bill O'Brien and GM Bill O'Brien, and Bill O'Brien just that. going back and forth yelling at himself, and this guy's sitting there like, "What the hell did I leave New England for?" Yeah, can I touch on that real quick just before we move on to sure. the the games? Bill O'Brien getting hired on as the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson side. It's going to end bad. I'm calling it. It's going to end bad. Bill yeah, Alabama has, will probably only win three of the next five championships instead of four. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Bill O'Brien has a temper, correct? Yeah, that's, what, that's the rumor. Nick Saban has a temper. I've seen Nick Saban get in arguments with, let's see, Lane Kiffin a couple of years back. It was a pretty good argument. Brian Dable dealt with his crap for a year or two. Steve Sarkeesian just dealt with him for about three years, and it got him a head coaching job. You have to have some level of, of a temper to keep yourself in check when, when Nick Saban's jumping down your throat because – you're not putting up 42 points. You're only putting up 21, and that's not going to help if your defense is giving it up. I'm just going to say this is not going to end well in Alabama for Billy O'Brien. 
You know how I knew it wouldn't end well? What's that? Because the name Bill O'Brien's attached to it. <laughs> and he's done nothing since he left New England to prove he can have do anything decent in this game, whether it be college or the pros. You want me to eat my words? Prove me wrong. I don't think he is, Chris. Don't worry. All right. Moving on to yep. this past weekend's game. We're going to get you know, a quick review of these. And uh, then move on to our, our predictions. Well, not really predictions. We we kind of already did that for the upcoming week. But we'll, we'll get into the, the upcoming games. Uh, the first game of the uh, divisional round, the Packers beat the Rams. And that's putting it gently, 32-18. to 32-18 uh, to 18 is, is two touchdowns. Uh, if you watch that game, it may as well have been 10. I never really felt like the Rams were in it. They just couldn't get anything steady on offense. Uh, interesting thing they had to announce before the game that although Jared Goff had played the previous week, uh, the backup, who's making, I think, about $35 million less a year than Jared Goff, would not be able to play. So this team was actually going to consider putting in, uh, I think, John Warford's his name. I think it's I know it's Wolford, but I don't remember. His I think first it's John name. Warford, I believe. If I'm if I'm wrong on that, you know, my my fault. Apologies to Mr. Warford, but yeah, starting him above Jared Goff, and people can say, well, Jared Goff's injured; he's only about two weeks away from having surgery on his finger, and that's a valid point. But if he's able to start the entire game, if Warford can't play, then he's still good enough to play. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think the Rams have a whole other set of issues with this Jared Goff contract, so good luck dealing with that. We knew it was a mistake when he signed it. But anyways, Packers beat the Rams. No surprise there. Uh, then the Bills went on to beat the Ravens in a far much, much lower scoring game than I anticipated. I thought that'd be I thought that ball would be flying around the field. And it was a ten to three game, I believe it was in the third quarter, and Lamar Jackson was leading the Ravens downfield, and then he threw an interception in the end zone, and it was run back 101 yards for a touchdown. And that was the last of the scoring. That was it. Defensive battle. Neither yeah. offense looked really great. Poor Lamar Jackson left with a concussion, I believe, in the early fourth quarter. Uh, didn't come back in. It was either late third or early fourth. I don't really think the way that game was going, even Lamar in the game would have really mattered. The Bills just looked really, really good on defense. They just had the, the Ravens number. So we got the Bills in the AFC Championship game. I, be I believe we all both picked that, honestly. I think so. We I both had I that. I know. I know. Well, I got to win the whole thing, so I definitely did. Uh, the, uh, Sunday, the Chiefs beat the Browns twenty-two to seventeen. Uh, the Browns did just about everything they could to not win this game, and still found themselves with a chance. Um, but Patrick Mahomes left the game with a concussion. He's actually questionable for Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Bills. It's funny, I put AFC title game against Bill. So apparently they're just playing mm -hmm. one dude named Bill. Uh, uh, you know, concussions are a serious thing. So, I mean, I know yeah. I know Chiefs fans want Mahomes out there. And if you're a fan of football, you want Mahomes out there. Uh, maybe maybe if you're a Bills fan, you may not want him. You want him to sit this one out. But, I mean, realistically... I don't think uh, the Chiefs have any chance to win this game if Patrick Mahomes is not in. Well, they don't have a prayer. Let's let's be very clear about that. They have no prayer. This is not Baker Mayfield 
This is Josh Allen. He has more mobility. He's a bigger quarterback. Far better arm. Yeah, and he can do more with the talent he has around him. And he has – that team is more cohesive around Josh Allen as opposed to Baker Mayfield, who they came together. I'll give him that. But it just seems there's that lingering thought of when Odell Beckham comes back, is it going to be the same? And it Baker was just Baker this weekend. And for some reason, uh, Stefanski just couldn't figure out, hey, give Chubb the ball, give Kareem Hunt the ball. Dude, whatever he did, they were they went downfield. Right. And then he would just stop. I just because we had to get, we had he had to get the play action going. He had to get uh, receivers involved in the game. Couldn't just run the ball down the throat. You could have ran the ball thirty-five times between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and won that game easily. Mahomes, easily. Mahomes left this game, and I believe about the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, and this was still this was still a Browns a Browns game to win. They weren't sure if Mahomes was coming back. Uh, and then they announced, I believe it was around the start of the fourth quarter, he would not return. And, I mean, this is a Browns team that, this is an entirely different game. If they don't fumble that ball into the end zone, which I get, I get the fact it was an illegal hit by uh, the by the defender on KC, led with his helmet, I get that, but it wasn't called. The situation is still, your guy was not diving at the, at the angle you want to be diving at with the ball out exposed, and fumbled into the end zone. So then the Chiefs marched downfield and you get three. So right there you're talking a minimum, minimum nine-point swing. So you're talking you're, you're up, and this is if you missed the extra point, you're up 28-14 to 14 when Patrick Mahomes, uh, no, they didn't have 22 when he left the game, but you're still leading or you're marching downfield to take the lead after the drive in which he got hurt. And also, can I put out there, um, as we know, we don't know what happens after that play if it goes a different way. Then we don't know if the Chiefs run that option play with Patrick Mahomes where he got injured and gets concussion. So maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't run that play and then he never gets a concussion and he's never out of the game. And then it, Ooh. there's a lot of what ifs. Butterfly effect right here on Ben and Chris Talk Sports. All right, there we go. It's just getting deep. It's getting deep. I like to dabble in the little paranormal, Chris. Um, I just don't, I don't, I just, there's just no, there's no prayer for the Chiefs if they don't have Mahomes. Chad Henney is not going to win them the game and for a full four quarters. There's a lot not. of Browns fans out there listening right now who go, oh, I beg to differ. Yeah, but. He came in for a fourth quarter. No, I know, I know. And, and managed to pull out a victory, but he didn't orchestrate a touchdown at all. He orchestrated three points, I believe. And, and, I don't even and know if he did that. I don't think he did that. Did he? I, I don't know. They, have, they, 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 I think you said it right. They didn't have. They didn't have twenty-two points when Mahomes left. No. So. Uh, no, they did score. I think they did score. 
Also, I know I realize um, I did that math before completely wrong. So exactly. disregard any total I said as far as, oh, it would have been 28 to 14. I would have to get scores completely switched around. Yeah. So if you're out there listening, realize that I do know math. I just completely flubbed up who had what. Either way, this is a major swing if that play doesn't happen. And if Mahomes still goes, I don't know. I know it could have, would have, should have, ifs. You know, I get it. Yeah. Point is, the Browns had multiple chances and just absolutely seemed re- reluctant to stick with the game plan. They knew they had to do. The Chiefs knew they had to do, which is run the ball 35 times for about 200 yards between Hunt and Chubb. Yeah. They didn't do that. Put it in Baker's hands, and wouldn't you know it, he did make some nice throws to start the game. Wouldn't you know it, everybody seemed allergic to making a play. So nothing. they just didn't. They, on defense, on offense, this was a team – this game was too big for the Browns in their current incarnation. They need to shore up some spots. They have a bright future. They got some good talent on that team. They're going to get some talent back next season as well. But they need a few more pieces to tighten up some spots because they this is just going to keep happening if they come in with the same team. And the decision is going to be about Baker Mayfield. It's 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 going to be... Can he be consistent enough in making the the high percentage plays to get the ball down the field and score while having probably the best running back tandem in the game and keeping those wide receivers and tight ends pacified? And that's really what they have to decide. You have three talented tight ends. You have two extremely talented wide receivers. You have a decent one in Rashard Higgins, fumble aside. A nice unbecoming receiver in Donovan Peoples-Jones. You have to decide, are we going to keep this together and either Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb or possibly both will eventually go away? Or do you just build that team around one tight end, a beefy offensive line, two running backs, and you well, they got two them. tight ends. They got two good tight ends. They had three. They have, they have, they, have, they signed um, Austin Hooper. Right. They have David, David Njoku, and they drafted Harrison Bryant, who's been getting a lot of love. The, 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 oh, that's right. I forgot they season. had him. Yeah. yeah. So they need to make a decision on what they want to do because there's only, only so many passes, and you really don't want Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game because the percentages come down that he's going to make an accurate throw. I just, I would personally, our short-term success would look at building around Chubb and Kareem Hunt and running that ball and seeing what happens. What's going to happen is they want to have, uh, <laughs> they have a better chance of winning, but... But Baker's not terrible, but he's not he's not a Patrick Mahomes. Like let's let's stop trying to make him that. Like you can have Baker throw the ball about two thirds as often as he does, and your team's gonna be much better off for it because he's gonna have I, I don't know, the more he throws the ball, the more he thinks he's Brett Favre or Patrick Mahomes or one of these gunslinging quarterbacks. And that's not Baker. Not not in the pros. In college, maybe not in the pros. You can, get away, you can get away with that in college because the windows are bigger. Right. Yet 
in, in the pros, those windows are tight and you got to fit it in that tight, tight window. And he just doesn't seem to be able to do it consistent enough. I'm not saying he can't. Like you said, we, you, we saw some great throws from Baker Mayfield, some dime passes, but he can't consistently do like, I'm not saying he has to do it hundred percent of the time, but you're talking the best you need to do it 65, 70, 75% of the time to make those accurate passes for the receiver to have the best opportunity to catch the ball. He's got the talent at receiver. He just doesn't have the consistency as a passer. Well, I, I still have faith he can be better than he has been uh, because oh, he yeah. didn't, he didn't, he did improve over last year significantly. And I think he, I've been very critical of him in the past because I know he can be more than he's been. Uh, and I think he st- can still even get better. Add that to the maturity and growth of those receivers and tight ends and offensive line. Let's not forget they were also playing without two offensive linemen. Right. Um, and I'm not making excuses. They didn't make plays when they had to. But there's a lot of pieces on this team that were missing. And not that it would have made a difference necessarily in this particular game, but I think down the road, Cleveland's still a team that's going to be very competitive. Yeah. Uh, and finally, bringing up the rear, the last game of the weekend, the Bucks beat the Saints 30-20 to in New Orleans. Uh, we both kept commenting the entire game. Drew Brees just looked completely out of gas. Yep. Uh, his throws had no zip on him. Uh, he's going to think about retirement. He's going to think, well, he said to think about his future. Could possibly retire. Saints had a few leads. They had a few leads, and they were marching downfield. And Breeze just, you know, it looked like they were going to be able to take a two-score lead. And then Breeze would throw up a duck, and he'd get picked off. And then Brady would come out, and he'd score. And uh, it was very clear which of these two quarterbacks uh, time has been kinder to. Brady's been playing longer, and he looked far better. And if you notice, uh, it came out today, Thomas is going to have multiple surgeries. Yeah. So clearly he wasn't full health. Well, you said he wanted to play for Breeze in case it was Breeze's last game. Right. He wanted to do all he could to help him, but he couldn't. Any, anybody with a set of working eyes could see Michael Thomas was not Michael Thomas this year. And it probably took it probably probably took the Bucks probably a half a quarter to a full quarter to figure out. Yeah. We don't need to take Michael Thomas too seriously today. He can't affect the game. Yeah. We just need to clamp down on on Alvin Kamara. And they continue to feed the ball to Jared Cook, which it's it's 50-50 with Jared Cook. He'll catch it, but also multiple times we saw, he can't quite get his hands on it. Uh, I can think of at least two occasions – where the ball almost went the other way, and I can think of one occasion where the ball did go the other way. Yeah, yeah, it was not pretty. So it's just, it's just the Saints are going to have to move on from Drew Brees, whether he retires or not. And I think well, no, no, talk- no, they they can if he doesn't, because they cannot voluntarily give themselves that dead cap space. I know that's why they're in a in a sort of a pickle here. I, 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 said, I said this to you as the game concluded because you if I had a dollar for every time you said he was done towards the end of that game uh, I'd be rich. a rich man oh, yeah. Um, so we might set you up like a swear jar kind of thing next time if he plays and then you know I'll, I'll just be I'll be riding off into the sunset 
But I said this to you, if this is all he has, if he is feeling okay, then yeah, he's he's got to be done because he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, but if, you know, let's not forget, less than a month and a half ago, the man fractured his ribs in 11 places. Right. That is going to affect every single thing to do with any kind of movement, with uh, the willingness to get hit, with the ability to throw and follow through and put zip on the ball. That's going to affect everything. Only Drew Brees really knows how much that affected him. And if that really is something that is still nagging at him, because I would have to think it is based on how long ago it was. I've luckily never broken a rib, but I know people who have, and they say on top of not being able to breathe quite as well, it, it just, it hampers your movement in every way, shape and form. So even if he is healed, there's no way he's back moving around the way he should be to play in the NFL. So, if it is really what it is and he's hampered that much, he knows himself. You may see him come back and perform a little bit better next year. But if he is healthy, and this was just all he had to put out there, Drew, it's time to hang it up, dude. You're a legend. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're one of the best ever. And it has been fun. Fun and exciting watching you throughout your career. So as a fan... Of of I'm a Patriots fan, but there's certain players you watch and you're like, damn, like I don't want to like Patrick Mahomes. He's just so damn good. I always enjoy watching him. Uh, same with Josh Allen, a guy with Bills. He's in the he's a division rival of my team, but damn, he's good. Uh, and there's other quarterbacks throughout the league too. Russell Wilson, despite my comments on him last week, I always like watching Russell Wilson play, except when he, except when these guys are playing the Patriots, of course. Of course, absolutely. Drew Brees is one of them that's up there, man. Absolute legend. Uh, just <laughs> uh, at least a small piece of just about every record in the book. Or at least up towards the top. It's, you know, I, I hope I hope it was his injury hampering him and he can come back for one more season and play like the Drew Brees we're used to seeing and go out on a little bit better note. Right. I mean, they're, they're, that's that's a hope that that he'll have a better showing if he does come back. I just I'm not optimistic as as you are. I think I think he's going to be done. He's got that television deal already sewed up. So if he has any angst about whether or not he can do it anymore, if the injury, if it's there wasn't as impactful as it looked, then I think I think we just saw the last of Drew Brees, and unfortunately, it wasn't great. But we'll have to see. Well, I think, I think two things happened this game. One, we may have seen the last of Drew Brees. And two, I think I finally got all the bitterness towards Tom Brady out of my system. You sure? I think so. Okay. I really do. Because I was on him all game. Yeah, you were. I was talking trash. I was talking trash that you would not believe. I was texting people who I know don't like Brady. And I'm like, I never thought I'd be rooting against Brady in in, in, uh, in the playoffs this time of year. And they're like, yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> um, which, you know, cracked me up pretty good. Because uh, that, was, that was a response from more than one person I texted. So it was, 
it was pretty pretty funny to see people who didn't know each other give me the same answer. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not a Bucks fan. I don't love them, don't hate them. They're a team. Uh, I'm always going to be a Patriots fan, but there's a lot of players I root for who I like to see succeed. You know, as long as it's not at the expense of my team or once my team's eliminated. And uh, there's no reason that Brady can't be one of those guys. Gave us 20 awesome years. I don't like how it ended with him and the team, some of the things that were said. But, um, you know, that's between them. As a fan, he gave us a lot of good memories. So, I still think Gronk's kind of a doofus. But that's he always was even when he was here. It's more like yeah. in a lo- lovable way. It's not. I don't even mean that. Like I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, but it is what it is. Yeah, I guess the way he exited and then re-entered the league. Yeah, that kind of got me. But it's, it's it's just it is what it is. Um, but we have two two exciting games this weekend. Uh, I'd like to start with the AFC Championship game. Well, the league is too, so that's fitting. All right. <laughs> Bills and Chiefs. I'm I'm hoping that we get Patrick Mahomes because then this is this could be one of the best games we've ever watched. You have probably one of the most transcendent players in the league ever, in Patrick Mahomes, and you have Josh Allen who is ascending to a level of quarterback that I didn't think he could get to talent on both sides of the ball it is it is what you want in the AFC championship game is just the best two best teams in the conference going head to head and I'm excited I'm excited for this game I am too I think it's gonna be a real good one I hope Mahomes is back as well I did pick the Bills to win I picked them I picked them to win the AFC months ago um, but I want to see the best possible game on the field. And I hope Mahomes is back as long as he's healthy. I do not want to see this kid rush back to try to be a gamer quote. And I know it's, I know the way it's set up, there should be no way that's possible unless he clears concussion protocol. I just hope everybody involved in that has integrity and doesn't rush him back because as much as I'd like to see him out there Sunday, I don't want to see his career ended prematurely because somebody was trying to do the Chiefs a favor. And I, I don't I don't even mean that in a way of like, oh, the refs are on their side. Because every look, the refs are on the side of every team everyone doesn't like. Right. So that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I hope it's not like, well, he's probably okay. Ah, he's young, he'll be okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll pass him. No, I, I want to see it. Legit. If it's legit, it'd be great to see him on the field. I just don't want to see this kid hurt himself badly. Well, it's just like last year when he got his kneecap injured. And I was thinking long-term of his health. I didn't want them rushing him back. That's why I wanted him out for longer than needed to be. Turned out he was fine and, and he came back fully healthy. But I, I always think of the long term of a player of that caliber needs to be on the field as much as possible. And you can't put a short-term goal winning an AFC championship game in front of long-term success where it could shorten his career by four or five years or worse. I just, I keep thinking back to that option play 
he already had an injury yeah. to his, his big toe. And you put him in a position to do an option. And you're basically – he is a, in a vulnerable position. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that again with, with Patrick Mahomes unless he's fully health. Yep. Like that's just not that's not that's not smart coaching. That's not a smart way to have your best player put in a position to get injured. And that's why I, I agree with you 100 percent He if he follows all the steps and he's ready to go, then great. But if there's any doubt, I'm sorry, Chad Henney's gonna have to start. You might lose. Probably will lose. But you'll have Patrick Mahomes for a longer period of time because you'll have done the process. You'll have followed all the steps. I think he'll be back personally because he's young and can bounce back faster. And as far as I know, it does not have a concussion history. Uh, he has already cleared some of the steps, but there's I don't I don't know how many steps are in this protocol. I think there's like ten or twelve. Honestly, there's quite a few. He's cleared some. I'll have to clear them all and be and be medically cleared by an independent. I think it's a neurologist they bring in. Uh, before he'll be allowed to step on the field, so I think he'll be back because if it's it's Tuesday and he's already clearing steps, he should be fine. Uh, let's hope so, and just let's hope for the. I'm just hoping for the best possible outcome. That's all. And moving on to the NFC, we have the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Green Bay Packers from Lambeau. Uh, on paper, this is heavily favored for the Packers just because of weather conditions, I would say. The only thing I can say about that also is Brady is used to playing in the cold. I know he's said he's not a fan of, of the cold in the Northeast, but he has been used to it. He's played in it. He's not going to shy away from the cold. Um, But the rest of the players have been playing in Tampa for a while. Yes, uh, it's it may get to that. It may not. They're pros. It may be fine. But man, I'll tell you, Green Bay is used to it. And if you get a game where there's a lot of snow, or there's just uh, conditions where it's hard to see, if it's you know foggy for whatever reason, Packers are going to run all over the field. Here's my my issue for the Bucks, and this is what I brought up to you as soon as the game ended. Who's going to cover Devonte Adams? Uh, there's, there's, there's <laughs> Jalen Ramsey short, had a trouble doing it, so I don't know. Right, it's a short list in the league to cover Jalen, uh, to cover Devontae Adams, and the Bucks don't have any prime prime talent that's going to be able to cover him. So there's your problem, is and and uh, I don't want to say I poo pooed Devontae Adams early, but I did, you know. I'd look to hip check him a little bit because he early in the season he said he was the best wide receiver in the league. I, I don't see there uh, there's an argument anymore. No, he proved he proved that. Yeah, you know where Aaron Rodgers wants to go every time out. Now he doesn't go there to his credit, but you know where he wants to go every time he throws the ball, and he could go to Devonte Adams every single time because Devonte has size. Uh, he has enough speed. His strides are what really get to corners. He can box out wide receivers, and he's a very good route runner. It is disturbing on all levels of how talented he is at the peak 
of what Julio Jones was at his peak. Do you know why he appears so much faster than a lot of like he's fast, right? But, but he's not Tyree. But he's not Tyree Kill. It's his the, long strides. Not only that, when he comes off the ball, when that ball uh-huh. is snapped, what do most corners and receivers do, or a lot? They hand fight for about a second or two. Right. Watch Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has his hands at his side. Everything he does, he does with his feet. He doesn't. He doesn't go go on YouTube. Go anywhere you can. Watch video of Devontae Adams coming off the ball. And I'm not saying don't don't find one out of twenty and be like, oh yes, he does. The majority of the time, especially when he's got a corner who is, quite frankly, not at his level, which is a lot of them, <laughs> uh, or the majority of them. Yeah. He he he. It's his footwork. He doesn't actually touch him. He keeps his hands like at his side or where he can't get tangled up because one. That makes it look a lot more obvious if it's any kind of touching by the defender. And two, he's not getting slowed down at all. There's no resistance for him. Right. He's literally just making a move and then breaking down the field. So that's where he gets that extra step or two. On top of being, you know, he, he is, he's very fast, but that's what makes him look so much faster. And then to me, Devontae Adams is, you know, if you're playing Madden or something, and, like, you have that one play that always works. Yeah. With that one dominant receiver, you can always throw it to, and you're like, man, this is kind of getting to be a little bit too easy. I should try some other plays. And you get the third or fourth down, and you're like, all right, I need a first down. Devontae yeah. Adams is that guy, Aaron Rodgers. Just, okay, first down. Okay, now I can play with the rest of you guys again. Oh, third down. Okay, Devontae. All right, now we can, now the rest of you can play again. Like, it just, it, it, it works. I mean, don't don't fix it if it ain't broken. But, so how do you yeah. see this game playing out? I, I see the Packers. I know, I've heard, and I know you don't, you always poo-poo me when I say I talk. I listen to sports radio in Boston. But I was well, yeah, because it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, listen to this show instead. We're far nicer. Yeah. I was listening today, and they were a, a gentleman tried to make a point that the Packers haven't played anybody for since they played the Bucks this season, and the Bucks uh, wiped the Packers off the face of the earth. Listen, you play who you play. That's that's all I can say. You play who you play. It's the AFC, it's the NFC championship game. You got here, and you have the best wide receiver, one of the best cornerbacks, and one of the most versatile running backs in the game. I see all three of those. I just see a runaway. That's what I see. I see the Packers running away with this game early. The Bucks got points off four turnovers with short fields. How are you going to do that if Aaron Rodgers had, what, four or five interceptions all season long? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't give you the ball. He's not going to give you the ball. So you need to orchestrate a... 80-yard, 75-yard drive down the field each and every time. And you have to keep up with the Packers' offense. And let's not let's not throw shade on the defense for the Packers. They're not bad themselves. They no, have, not at they all. They have talent. They have first-round talent. One of the up-and-coming corners in the league, a nice defensive front. And that running game for the Bucks, it's inconsistent. I know Fournette's been good, 
but you brought up the the cold. Where has where has Leonard Fournette played? He's played at LSU. He's played at Jacksonville. Yeah. And he's played in Tampa Bay. The but he just hasn't been in this kind of cold temperature at Lambeau Field before. I don't think, and I just see a runaway. Well, I mean, you got Fournette and Ronald Jones and a couple other running backs that are really good, but they have been inconsistent at times, and they do have trouble catching the ball indoors or in warm environments. Uh, I can't imagine when they're, you know, the hands are freezing at Lambeau, and uh, it's it's been a bit of a cold. I know we're in the Northeast, we're not in Wisconsin, but I know it's normally colder there than it is here. We've experienced a bit of a cold snap here the last couple of days, so if there's there's any weather, you know, in Green Bay, that's going to be a miserable time for them. And I think they're the six forty game. I do believe it's an hour earlier out there because we're East Coast, so it'd be about about five the five forty game for uh, for that time zone. So that's just about the time of day it starts getting the coldest. Uh, with you know, uh, I I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, Packers and the Bills. I'm not going to deviate from that. I think it'll be a good game, and I don't think I don't think the cold is going to affect the Bucks in the first half. I think what you're going to see is over time it starts wearing them down. Like you could have Leonard Fournette rush for a touchdown in the first half, or all the receivers just look absolutely fine. But then when you go back into the warmth of the locker room, and you're sitting there, and you go back out into the cold, that's when you're going to have a problem. The Packers are used to that. The Packers are going to have a big second half, a big second half. So the Bucks better hope they're either up by quite a bit, or they can hang with them, because. Aaron Rodgers will go out there in shorts and a t-shirt and throw for 300 yards in that weather. He don't care. And I've been critical of him in the past, but he's played his ass off this year. So I can't hate on him because he's he's been incredible. He's the MVP. So and It is supposed to be high of 28 and a low of 21. So right around that time, I would say, it's probably going to be, I don't know, Probably a couple degrees under the max. So you're probably looking at what 24, 25 degree game time. Yeah. And who knows if it's going to be snowing or not? Uh, forty percent chance. So, forty percent chance in, in Green Bay is about a two hundred percent chance anywhere else. <laughs> so, it, it's. Look, I, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, and obviously, I'm going to stick with the Packers to win the uh, win the NFC Championship game. And I think we'll look forward to uh, a very good game in the Super Bowl. But, look, Thomas played good this season. He's had his bad points. Uh, he wasn't great. I know there's a lot of people that want to stoke his fire because he had three touchdowns, one rushing. And and you can, only, you can only do so much in the game with what's handed to you. You know, Drew gave, gave up the ball multiple times. Right. Put him in a position to – score easy touchdowns. I understand that point. He wasn't great when he had to drive the ball. That's all I'm saying. It's like you like you said, the Saints had opportunity to to come back in this game and win it. Well if Tom was doing what Tom should have done with all the skill talent he has, they would have been ahead by a lot more. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sticking with my selections too, Bills and Packers. I think, I think 
if Mahomes plays, they're going to be two of the better games we've seen all year. And a very, I'd be very surprised if and either any team blows the other team out in this situation. Uh, so I, but I am going to stick Bills and Packers. And, you know, like I said, I picked the Bills to win it all. But uh, but we, we will see. We'll get into that prediction next episode. But unless you have anything else, we're going to get out of here. All set. All right. That's going to do it for us. We thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments on anything you heard on this episode or past episodes, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook is Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website, bctspod.com. And happy to report, as usual, downloads continue to increase still because of you guys listening, giving us a chance, spreading the word. Greatly appreciate that. If you feel so inclined, maybe leave a rating and a review and tell a friend. If you already told a friend, tell another one. I'm sure you got more than one. I don't, but that's okay. Hopefully you're doing better than I am. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.